QuoteSpec is the newest building and construction quoting app created and designed by a working builder. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with QuoteSpec's cloud-based quoting software. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com and be prepared to get your life back. In this episode, we sit down with Rupert Ballinger. For the first time, Rupert shares his profound story of losing his father at a young age and how his journey of self-discovery led him to create the Wonder Mentoring app. Enjoy. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Trade Mutt's 120 Grit Podcast. Uh, we're very lucky today to have uh, Mudabara Identity, founder and CEO of Wonder, my mate, Rue Ballinger. Welcome, Rue. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries, mate. Um, so we've known each other, a bit of a backstory for a fairly long time. I've probably known you since probably 2000, I think. Yeah, um, maybe maybe late 90s. Moved up to Mudaburra. Yeah, yeah um, Mudaburra, um, Christmas tree, 1996 maybe. Jeez, I'll take that. <laughs> so, um, Rue, uh, tell us a bit more about your background. So you grew up um, outside Mudaburra. Just explain to the listeners where, where Mudaburra is. Can yeah. you explain to me where Mudaburra is? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, yeah, Mudaburra is uh, in the middle of Queensland basically. So 1,400 kilometres northwest of Brisbane. Um, in the in the far outback of outback Queensland, um, about two hours north of Longreach, uh, a lot of you would have heard of Longreach. Um, so, yeah, Mudaburra is a town of about I'm not sure of the current population. It's probably hovering between fifty and sixty people. Eased off a fair bit. Since it, the yeah, it's, it's 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 backed off since the GFC. But um, <laughs> you know, we're we're um, yeah. Um, so I grew up on a sheep and cattle farm just north of Mudaburra, about thirty kilometres, called Stockholm. Um, yeah, I was born, uh, born in Brizzy and, and moved out there straight away. So I spent my whole life out there with my two sisters and obviously, um, grew up not far from where you were at Bowen Downs, yeah, so just down the road. Yeah. Well, it was a great little community, um, the Mudaburra community. So, um, tell us about what it was like growing up on a sheep cattle station outside Mudaburra. Yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, like everyone as a kid, you don't know any better. So that was my life, you know, I, um. I grew up um, helping mum and dad um, with sheep and cattle work and um, um, uh, doing school of the air at home. So I did all my primary school out there on distance education, which you did yep. on the um, VHF radio. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. It was unreal. Like I now I look back, I think it was incredible. You know, I was riding horses and chasing, um, you know, kangaroos and sheep and and um, cruising around with dad and swimming in the creek and the dam and it was like the world's biggest playground. So, um, That's awesome. Yeah, unreal. I didn't get to see my mates very often uh, but, you know, I had my sisters and, and, and all that so we, we um, had a good time. Not to keep you fun. entertained? Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun helping out and, and um, you know, riding around on motorbikes. And what's, um, what's School of the Air like? Yeah, it was, um, like I said, I didn't know any different. Uh, you know, we'd get up in the morning, um, we'd have half an hour on the radio every day. So you'd be speaking to your teacher in Longwich and yeah, we'd, we'd just get on there and, and speak to them, uh, do a few, few sums and few subtractions and, um, make sure you're on track. Yeah. Just keep you, keep the ax sharpened. And, um, and then after that we'd do some book work and, uh, yeah, I probably, um, tried to do as least as possible and, and get out as early as I could. It was pretty convenient if we were shearing or doing cattle work, we'd pull up for a week or a couple of weeks and go and help out and 
and uh, that was great fun. So, um, yeah, really interesting sort of dynamic. When I s- tell people about it now, they it just blows their mind. Yeah. You know? I was I was never in a classroom. I, I didn't get into my first classroom until I was thirteen. Yeah. So um, it was it was a really different way to do it. But um, yeah, I loved it. It was. Uh, but it's amazing how you know we were using the old VHF radio, which is, you know, what planes and ships use, and you know, and now you know my nieces and nephews they do it all on Skype and online. So. Yeah. Definitely changed the games. Yeah, changed games that's changed. for sure, mate. Yeah. That's I think um, like I even forgot. Um, you know, looking back, how much um, rural kids have to mature, like um, you know, some of the responsibilities we get at a young age. Um, you know, do you think that puts you put you in good stead? Um, you know, for later life, like do you look back fondly learning stuff at a younger age? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, like um, it definitely gives you a lot of independence. Um, even just doing school yourself, you know, you're basically teaching yourself by grade six onwards, and um, and just yeah, having responsibilities on on the farm and. You know, doing doing jobs and looking after animals and feeding pets and 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 doing stock work and you know shutting gates and working the yards and speaking to employees and yeah contractors and yeah you know you were um, everyone was chipping in so it was great yeah yeah that's fantastic so um, you uh, were finishing up yeah year seven um, and you yeah dealt a, a tragic loss of your father. Um, can you, can you run us sort of through how that all unfolded? Yeah, so um, obviously uh, I'm the only boy. I've got two older sisters, so myself and my old man were really great mates um, from, a, from a young age. We, uh, we spent a lot of time together, and he was a pilot. He had his own Cessna 182. And he used to um, do contract buffle seating and, and 1080 batting for wild dogs. So he was always flying around and I was always jumping in with him and we'd fly off and do something and, and uh, yeah, he was, he was awesome. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, sort of midway through the year 2000 uh, and about July, he, um, he sort of broke down. Uh, I, we were out one afternoon um, delving a board drain actually and he was in the tractor and I was just driving behind him and it was just on dark and, um, yeah, we pulled up and, he got off and uh, something happened. He, he, the tractor stalled or, you know, he got got bogged or something. And he just got off and switched the tractor off and it was it was really quiet and he just started crying, you know, started bawling, just broke down. And um, I was 12 at the time and I sort of just went up to him and he hugged me and he just said, oh, you know, I'm sorry, mate, I'm really sorry. And uh, I had no idea what was going on, you know. It was sort of my, my life was starting to sort of cave in here he was my hero and, and father figure and, uh, you know, he was, he was crying and I, di- I didn't know what was, what was happening. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately after that he got a bit worse and um, he went to hospital for a while. He went away to, um, to Rockhampton and uh, was in hospital for about three months um, and he was just suffering from severe depression and, um, yeah, mental illness. So um, I went and stayed with my uncle and aunt um, and uh, did school with them for about two months or three months while, while mum and dad were away. And um, it was a pretty sort of, uh, yeah, really, f- f- um, you know, scary time for me. I didn't know what was, what was going on. I was, I was praying every night for his, his life. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was just hoping he'd get better and come back. And, um, you know, I was, it was, it was uh, 
it was pretty daunting and confronting. And um, so anyway, he, um, mum and him eventually came back uh, a couple of weeks, well, probably a week and a half before Christmas. And um, yeah, he'd lost a lot of weight. He'd lost, you know, 30, 40 kilos. And um, <clears throat> he was a shell of a man. And I'd talk to him and sit down and, you know, he'd be, be in bed most all day. And, um, yeah, I didn't really know what to talk to him about. We used to talk a lot about rugby and the Wallabies and um, what was going on and and working up in the Kimberley, which he did, and flying and all that. And uh, he was – yeah, he wasn't half the man he was before. And, um, and then anyway, uh, we had Christmas together. It was a pretty good Christmas, but it was quite awkward and sort of sombre. And, um, and we had Christmas dinner all together, myself, my mum and my two sisters and dad. We all went to bed and then the next morning on Boxing Day morning, uh, for some reason, mum uh, decided we'd go and get some sheep in, do some sheep work. So we went out and mustered a paddock, myself and my sister and, and mum and my other sister Winnie started home and um, we were out there and it was sort of mid-morning, 9.30, 10 o'clock, smoker time and um, Winnie called up on the radio and got mum and I, I distinctly remember being out, I know exactly where it is in what which paddock at home and... Uh, yeah, she said to mum, oh, mum, I think um, something's happened to dad. You've got to come home. And so mum just, you know, straight away got on her motorbike and flew home and I was, you know, pretty terrified. And I went over and saw my other sister and my motorbike had broken down so I had to um, get a lift home with her and we'd, we rode home and it was a pretty scary feeling riding home. And then we um, rolled into the back gate and, um, you know, I just distinctly remember mum coming out the back door and um, crying and just and just said to us straight away, she said, um, he's dead, he's, he's died. And yeah, that was, you know, that was when our lives and, and my life just totally caved in and um, flipped on its head. And so then, uh, you know, we went in and saw him and, and said goodbye and the ambulance came in and picked him up and yeah, I, I distinctly remember standing out the front gate and watching the ambulance drive off and into the dust. And that was, you know, the last goodbye. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was you know, the, the, the biggest thing that had ever happened in my life and probably still is to this day. So, uh, yeah, full on. Mate, you got the, the hairs on the back of my neck mm. standing up, hey? I mean, that's, that's a huge story. Um, so you, in the lead up to that period of time, you know, you mentioned it started on the track day, it was, you know, your old man broke down. Is that you'd ever seen him cry before? Never seen him cry. <clears throat> um, I think Mum had, but I was twelve at the time. Um, uh, he'd had a bout of sort of depression uh, just before I was born in about eighty eight. Um, I'd never seen him cry. No, I'd never seen him that vulnerable. He was always the, the whole time I knew him. He was big and strong and and confident. Um, uh, yeah, never seen him cry. So, yeah, so that's, uh, I guess, was a, a real breaking point. Uh, that moment for him was quite, you know, quite significant and quite a, quite a decline in um, mental health, I, I guess, you know, followed that. Absolutely, yeah, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And yeah. um, it was sad, you know, like obviously we're going to talk about what, what I'm up to now a bit later on, but, um, you know, if only there was more – support for him yeah he, he didn't know what to do you know he he'd grown up he was born in 1950 he'd grown up in in that era you know he was he was a strong tough burly bushman 
who who ran a property and flew a plane and, and that's what you did back then. You just you worked hard and you and you mustered cattle and you you um you did the work and you got and on with it. Got on with it. Yeah. yeah, you didn't you didn't talk about it or dwell about anything. You just you just sucked it up. Mm. And um and that's the that's a shame. You know, that's that's the problem. So um so, yeah. so do you think um you know w- was he um wanting to you know, seek out help. Was he was he talking? Was he talking to your mother about it, or was he you know, little, little bits? Um, not really. You know, he'd he'd seen a few specialists, um, but but sort of you know, seen them, got over it, and then sort of went on a bit of a probably high for a while, and and um, yeah, just wasn't regularly checking in with his with 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 my mum or his mates. Yeah, I think um, he just masked a lot of it. You know, he just covered a lot up and. And wasn't able to be vulnerable enough to to talk about it on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Yes. pretty pretty natural. Um, I think yeah, reaction when you don't know what's going on, or you, you know you don't want to seek help. It's just easy to mask it up. I think because you just don't know you know what else to do. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And it can, yeah, well, I mean, it can have tragic consequences, can't it? You know, like I mean, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Totally, and and obviously, um, you know, he he ended up having a heart attack, so. You know, it was his physical body that, that caved in, but you know, I have no doubt it's, it was fully connected to his computer, his brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So his mind was, wasn't in a great state and then he, his heart caved in in the end. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you put enough stress on your body, that's what happens. Yeah. So you're the youngest of three? Yep, yep. Dad's yep. just tragically lost his life. Where does that leave you as a young bloke? Yeah, Um as in how I felt or what was what was next? The whole lot. Yeah, so um obviously yeah, I, I had no idea what was what the hell was going on, you know. Um it was very scary for me. Um I uh yeah, we had his funeral about two or three weeks later in early January and we'd had a lot of rain so it sort of got delayed for a bit. But um we all flew into Mudderborough, we couldn't get through the creek, so we had three Cessnas come in and pick us all up. Um, good family friends came in and flew us in and um, I just remember lying on his bed before I went in and, you know, going in and, and uh, yeah, we just we, we got, went down to the, to the church in Mudderborough and um, there was a, a hell of a lot of people there. There was, I think, you know, three or 500 people there in Mudderborough and, yeah, we walked into the church and, he's, you know, had, had the... Um, had the proceedings and, and then I watched my uncles and, and his mates carry him out and I walked behind him with my mum, my two sisters and, yeah, it was, it was yeah, the scariest and worst day of my life. And, um, and then after, the, after that, after we buried him, um, I just went and hid in the car and cried. I didn't want to go and see anyone. So during the wake I just, I just stayed in the car. <laughs> Mate, yeah, that's. I mean, as a twelve-year-old kid, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend that happening to me now, let alone then. So, I mean, that's just such a heavy thing at that age. Um, and then, you know, as as we know, like you went from there. Um, a couple of weeks later, you went off to a new boarding school down here in Brisbane. Yeah, absolutely. So, literally, you know, three weeks after the funeral, I um, packed up my bag and, and headed down to Brizzy and went to Churchy to boarding school. So, um, you know, that was, that was a bit daunting. I was, you know, I was a, very close to my mother and a, a bit of a mama's boy. So that was, yeah, that was scary and sad at the same time. But, um, you know, it, uh, it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. And, um, 
yeah, it was, it was tough the first couple of days, but, you know, having that fresh start and getting a new bunch of mates that were always around you was, was exactly what I needed. Yeah. And it was just a good bit of a temporary distraction and, and sort of something to get on with. Yeah. So was it something, um, obviously you've just met, you know, your new schoolmates year eight, um, in the boarding house. I still remember my first day in there. Um, you don't know anyone, you're a fresh face. So you, you know, um, did you build rapport up with people and then start talking about what you'd been through? Or was it something that you didn't speak about or? Yeah, no, I, um, <clears throat> I didn't speak about it at all. Not f- to anyone for five years, mm. really. I probably touched on it a few times with a few people, but hardly, hardly spoke about it. Literally got there and put my head down and, and didn't talk about it for five years, bottle it up, um, which wasn't great. But at the same time, I had a great time. You know, I, it was, it was, it was, uh, I got on with it, but, um, you know, there was definitely, I wasn't being that vulnerable. Yeah. Would you change anything? Oh, definitely. If I was to look back now, um, I should have, um, in hindsight, I should have been uh, sharing it with my mates, talking about it, yeah. um, you know, sitting down and just having a yarn over dinner or, or just sitting in the dorms or pl- when you're down playing footy or something. Oh, but it's I, hard, but isn't it? Because as a kid there, you're, you're probably trying to process it yourself. You know what I mean? You probably haven't completely come to terms with it yourself. So how do you how do you talk to anyone else about it when you probably haven't, you know, been able to, yeah. Absolutely. I had no idea where to start, yeah. no starting point. Like what do I do? How do I broach this with someone? What, you know, where is it going to lead us to? What's going to come next? You know, uh, it's a bit awkward. Almost felt a little bit embarrassed about it. No doubt everyone else around you knew what happened, knew what you'd been through and no one, no one else is talking about it. Do you know what I mean? It's Absolutely. It's the elephant in the room, I guess, isn't it? All the boys, yeah. you know, all my mates after school, you know, we kept saying, oh, we, we knew all about it. We just didn't know how to bring it up with you, you know. And, and, and yeah, poor buggers, they didn't and, and neither did I. Mm. And I was still trying to get my head around being in a classroom. So there was a lot, lot of stuff sort of going on. <laughs> Used to the two of, way. A lot of distractions. Yeah. yeah, well, um, mum for some reason put me down, you know how you have to choose a language when you go to school? She put me down to learn Japanese, which I thought was pretty bizarre because I was still getting my head around English. But anyway, that was um, – Arigato, right. mum. <laughs> yeah. Mate, um, so you um, – I mean, it's just like you surrounded yourself with sport essentially at, at Churchy from, from what I know, um, big rugby player. Yeah, loved it, mate. Absolutely. Like I'd been playing footy at home for, for 12 years and, and watching the Wallabies and Reds. And, and yeah, as soon as I got to Churchy, I, I ripped in and, and absolutely loved it. And um, yeah, started started pretty ordinary and, and just worked hard and put my head down. And, and um, the dream was for me was always to, you know, pull that blue and grey jersey on and play for the first in grade 12. Um, as you look up to all those guys ahead of you, and um, yeah, and, I, and luckily I was able to achieve that and get out there and um, yeah, win a premiership, and yeah, yeah. it was unreal. So r- run us through that year because uh, you know you had some pretty big names in that side. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's a, a great looking back now. It was a it was a phenomenal year and team. Um, obviously, we had David Pocock, um, uh, current Wallaby, and uh, and Quaid as well, Quaid Cooper. Um, in our side. So Dave was playing inside centre, Quaid was playing 5'8". Um, and they were, yeah, they were unreal. Um, amazing blokes, amazing players. And um, and the rest of the team was awesome as well. Our captain, James Shalambus, he was phenomenal. We had a great, great side. We, I think we had uh, seven players in the Queensland side and then two Australian schoolboys and then and then one Australia A player. 
And you did yeah. your, your knee early. That was grade 11. Grade 11. Did my knee. Yeah. But uh, all good for grade 12. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. And, um, but, yeah, we uh, we finished off, played Nudgy at Nudgy for the last game in the uh, – it turned out to be a grand final and, um, yeah, got up 42-3, so it was, it was awesome. Proud you moment. Just, just had to get that in there. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget did you, that. Did you contribute to that win? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what position did you play? I played hooker, actually. All right. Yeah. So I threw a few line outs and few, packed a few scrums, Joyous. but didn't do too much. Yeah, it's unreal. So after after school, um, what happened then? Yeah, so um, finished up at school and then went home for a year. Went back and um, gave mum a hand for a year, working at home, bit of jackarooing around Longreach, Mudderborough. So all the while, ever since you know what happened when you were a kid, your mother was back home, running the running the show completely. Yeah. Yep. So mum. Um, grabbed hold of the reins after dad died and she ran the farm for for the next you know uh 19 years incredible um, 18 years what a legend uh, yeah amazing yeah she's she's an amazing woman and um she she just really stood up and took the opportunity yeah she did a great job and um and she loves it loved it too she she was a country woman at heart and she didn't want to be anywhere else yeah so she's she's phenomenal it's amazing, mate. Amazing. So you spent some time at home. I suppose that would have been good because it probably well, was the first time you're back living with your mother. Yep, um, absolutely. Five years. It absolutely, it was nice. It was nice to get back and and just take it all in and and reconnect with home and reconnect with the bush and and the, and my community back there. And um, it was great. Play a bit of rugby out there, and it was. I loved it. That's awesome, mate. Awesome. So you um, was that your plan to go and stay home? Was that your plan? No, not at all. I I just thought I'd have a year there. And then I wanted to get back to Brizzy and um, play a bit of rugby and whatnot. So I came down to Brizzy and um, just got a job labouring for a builder um, when I was 19 and, and started playing rugby down at East Rugby, playing Colts. And, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, I got injured in the bloody first game, so I was sort of out for most of the season. Um, but, yeah, I had a, had a great time in Brizzy, um, met a lot of great people and strengthened a lot of um, friendships. Yeah. yeah. So early um, early 20s. You know, can be a hard time for blokes. I think, particularly, um, a lot of self reflection and finding, you know, finding out who you are and you know, making sense of life and you know, all that sort of jazz. How how did you find it? Yeah, it was. Um, I did a few th- different things in my early twenties. You know, I went up north and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was it was a tricky time to navigate. You know, I never felt like I wanted to. Um, pigeonhole myself or, or, or label what I was going to do. You know, it seemed so, I, I just, I still can't fathom it, but you come out of school and, and you're either going to university and doing something you're not really sure about, or you're doing a trade, which is fine. If you, if you love that, that's great. But there's a big majority, I think, of people that really have no idea what they want to do. You don't know such and such from clay. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I never wanted to just say, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I, I just ha- – I didn't have any idea. So I was sort of just p- pushing around, having a bit of a look. Um, but it, it, it sort of um, – it, it was a confusing time as well because my emotions from my, my father's death started to come up, a bit of baggage that I'd been holding on to and bottling up started to come through and that sort of ga- gave me – I was a bit agitated, bouncing around a bit. How did, how did you manage it? So did, you knew it was, it was coming to the surface. It was something that was, you know, coming back um, and, you know – well. You're probably 22, so it's 10 years sort of later. Yep. Um, and you still haven't dealt with that grief, I suppose, to a degree. Yeah, yeah, it was um, was pretty uh, – it, it, um, 
apparent. Yeah, it sort of started coming up and I was just unsettled and, and sort of frustrated. Uh, I guess I just started reaching out, getting a bit of help, uh, did a couple of courses and um, worked out a few things and got a few tools in the toolbox and um, that sort of helped and gave me a bit of direction. So you took that step yourself you just to, to sort of reach out? And- yeah, I, um, I remember um, – Looking at a few uh, few farmers from from Queensland, outback Queensland, and and they were quite they were very successful cattle farmers, and um, they seemed to just have it all together for me. And I, I kept looking at them and thinking, you know, what are these blokes doing? They they seem like they've they've got it pretty pretty good, well sorted. You know, nice family, seem to be really happy, and they're running good businesses. So I sort of looked into what they'd been up to, and they recommended a few things and and uh, a few courses and whatnot. So I, I had a bit of a go at that and. Yeah, so I guess I had to sort of, yeah, I had to reach out and start looking and um, that didn't come naturally, but yeah. So you're sort of, I guess, seeking out role models to yeah, a degree? Yeah, definitely looking looking at mentors and looking at um, who I could look up to as a role model and what what I wanted to do and um, what was possible and and then uh, finding that ideal person to, um, to, to reach out to, you know, like, I sort of got onto that concept fairly early, you know, if, if, if I wanted to get somewhere, I needed to speak to someone who's already there, but I was still working out what it was that I wanted to create or design. So it was, it was, uh, it was sort of a bit of a juggle, juggling act, but I started getting the gist of uh, reaching out to mentors. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose you didn't, did you really have one going through school or was it sort of something you found later? Yeah, probably need? subconsciously through school, you know, like my rugby coaches, House masters, headmasters were all mentors. Now I look back at it. Yeah. Um, definitely rugby coaches in, in a big way. Um, but I probably didn't realise that. I don't think I even knew what the word mentoring meant when I was at school. So it was just yeah. a lo- you had that lost feeling, I suppose, coming out of school. Just a bit- yeah, just early 20s, just, just um, I was just confused with what I wanted to do. Everyone everyone would ask you, like, oh, what are you doing? You know, what are you up to? Are you going to uni or are you doing a trade? And I'd just be like, no, I'm, I'm – were labouring for a builder or, oh, no, I'm uh, just got a job, um, you know, I'm uh, contract mustering just south of Longreach. Oh, okay. And then, you know, <laughs> it, it just no one – it was hard to explain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was a bit of a bit of a nomad, you know, a bit of a gypsy. <laughs> but I knew that I just didn't want to – I dug my toes in and I didn't want to – I didn't want to just – take something conform. up. I didn't, I didn't want to conform because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people, like you, like you say, Evans asking, what are you doing now? Like there's an expectation that you should have some awesome job or that you're, you know, already saving for a house or something like that. Yeah. Because everyone else does that, right? Exactly. And that's just the norm. And that's what we think. Oh, well, they're doing it. So we better do it too. Exactly. And yeah. It's, it's the first thing that people want to know, you know, when they, when they chat to you, what, what are you doing? And like, like there's some preconceived idea of, I guess, what success is, should look like straight out of school. Totally, totally. It's just it's conditioned into our uh, our beliefs in society. You yeah. know, like, are you a sparky or are you a builder or are you um, doing yeah. law or are you doing business management at UQ or what are you doing? And, uh, yeah, I couldn't really answer that. <laughs> so was, was it something you felt, I don't know, ashamed uh, about or was it something that you sort of was getting on your nerve a bit like? Oh, definitely. Like um, I was, uh, yeah, it was sort of for the first few years it was all right. It was it was pretty fun and I was sort of just exploring and um, but after that I guess yeah mid twenties it's hard when your mates are, are right into something and 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 they're sort of wondering what you're up to but I got used to it after a while I was like oh well that, I 
doesn't matter. I'll, that's I'll, them. This is me. That's them. This is me. I'll yep. I'll I'll work it out at some stage. Um, but then you know later on, I sort of realised you know at at some point you definitely got to find your find your purpose or or something that you can get behind. So I don't. I don't, you know, encourage it, but I don't think it's a bad thing. It sounds like you're pretty comfortable in your skin, though. Like it sounds like you had a, you know, reasonable amount of self confidence to, you know, stand on your own two feet and not really worry about what everyone else was doing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I, um, I became fairly confident in what I wanted to do, and I was happy just in my own skin. But, um, yeah, there was, there was, um, you know, uh, definitely times where I was probably putting on a brave face, um. But, um, you know, it was, it was a journey and eventually I found something, you know, I found a, a, a mission to get behind. So, so run us through that, mate. Run us through what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, now's the time to, to talk about that. So, yeah, we was sort of, um, uh, I went to university down in Victoria. I went and studied agribusiness at Marcus Olam. And while I was there, I probably ironically uh, made the decision I didn't want to be in agriculture. <laughs> but I... Did I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, it was an gr- amazing course because it was all about business and I understood how business works and, and, and obviously still working that out. But um, so I decided to move to Sydney about four, four and a half years ago and um, I'd, I'd, I was done with the bush uh, on the land. I'd, I'd cut the ties there and I I'd, um, wanted to live in the city and, and build my, my life there. So I went to Sydney. I, I got a job um, selling advertising for a business magazine down there, the CEO magazine which was awesome. I really loved it. And um, I actually had a job uh, with them. I used to do the off the record chats with the CEOs and executives before they went to the journalists. So I'd do like a 30, uh, 30 minute um, interview with them. So I'd have them on the phone, you know, these CEOs of huge superannuation companies and construction companies and et cetera, et cetera, and you know, New Zealand rugby and whatnot. And I got to uh, question them for half an hour and, and get some, concepts and ideas and insights and that was phenomenal i really loved that and that really put switched the light bulb on for me and and opened my mind up and um i then went on for with them and started selling sponsorship for their awards and i was meeting some really great people and really interesting people and i started looking at a lot of different industries and um i just decided that i was I, i really wanted to start my own business and i wanted to build an online business um, I think I listened to Jeff Bezos's audio book about how he started Amazon and I was just like, that's phenomenal. I need to start an online business. This is really cool. You know, I'm a millennial. I grew up with computers and iPhones and social media and I was like, this is, this is a great industry. It's exciting. I want to get into it and I, I want to learn about it. So I started probably about four years ago, started really learning about the, um, online space and tech space and um, probably 18 months, two years ago, I came up with the idea to start a um, online platform for mentors, coaches and consultants and then that slowly sort of evolved into just a mentoring platform and I could see the real value in um, in providing a mentor and having easy access to one and I, th- I believe in the concept. I think it's an awesome concept. No one's ever done anything on their own. Um, no one ever will. You always need help. Um, you know, um, it, I, I've quoted uh, Isaac Newton before. He says, you know, if I've seen further than others, it's because I'm on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And um, so, yeah, I set out to uh, start building that and I started playing around with a few prototypes. So I got built offshore um, and tested them a bit. And then uh, 
I, uh, I started building something pretty solid and uh, then I started speaking to schools and universities and that was the real sort of door opener and eye opener for me. I, I realised that, you know, coming out of school, uh, you need a mentor and you need some help and I started looking at my own life. So I started solving my own problems. I was like, well, you know, I've come out of school and, um, you know, it would be good to have a bit more guidance or just someone to talk to about what they're up to in the workforce and, and, and what they're doing out there. And another thing to add, which is probably a, a um, important part, is when I left school, I'd, I'd achieved – I love school because I just love the system. I just got in there, I followed the rules and I, I got to the got, – got there, you know. I, I – um, yeah, there wasn't much more it, – it's probably a bit of a – a curated environment and it's probably a bit of a controlled space, but I won at that game, you know, like I, 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 I got an OP five. I played for the first 15 who won a premiership. I was house captain, prefect, school vice captain and head boarder. Mm. So, and I got, I won the spirit of Churchy award. So coming out of school, th- there wasn't any more ribbons I could win, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, and I'm saying this not to boast on, this oh, is no. part of the story, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 And so you come out of school and you sort of feel a little bit, you know, um, in, untouchable. You know, you're, I was a bit like, wow, well, I can, I can do anything. You know, it's just – I've ticked every box at school. Ticked all the boxes, yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. It'll, it'll just happen naturally. Yep. You know, it'll just – you just turn up and there it is. But I soon realised that, you know, no, this isn't school. This is, the, this is life. And, you've, you know, you've got to sort of almost start again and, and build your way up. And, yeah, I sort of lost touch with that. And I, um, I forgot about the fact that I started in grade eight with, with just the bare minimum and I, had, I worked up towards something and I had a vision and I had a goal and that, w- and that was to play for the, for the first and, and achieve this and rah, rah, rah. So it all happened. So um, I had to re- relearn that and recreate that. But that was part of the, my, my whole idea about a mentoring platform is, you know, um, if I'd have come out of school and been able to speak to a few different people that could have been had a formal mentoring relationship with myself, it would have probably um, shortened the learning process or the or the learning curve in my in my early to mid twenties. Okay? I find it really cool that you have come through all of this and now you're solving your own problem. Yeah, right. You know, you've seen a problem; it's been a problem for you. You wanted a mentor, so what am I going to do? I've got to create a platform where people have easier access to mentors. Absolutely. It's fantastic. It's a lot easier to bury head in sand. Absolutely. Oh, totally. And I did that for a little bit and that doesn't work. <laughs> just, just so you know. Um, and yeah, I think, I think I've spoken to a lot of mates and, and other people that have gone to, um, you know, gone to school down here, boarding school and whatnot. And other guys that have probably achieved a lot at high school and, and they do come out a little bit, you know, lost and, and whatnot, you know, it's sort of, uh, uh, yeah, it's something you've got to sort of work through, you know, um, when you achieve something, then you've got to start again in, a, in another world. Mate, I think we have conversations all too often or, you know, see young blokes struggling out of school, you know, that late teens, early 20s, like it's a real, you know. Find your feet. Trying to find your identity in the world, trying to find your place in the world where you, you perceive success or you think there's so much expectation on you to do this, that or the other, you know, sometimes it's hard to figure out who you are. Yep. And what your place is in it all. Absolutely. And it's, yep. um, it can be a real massive problem for a lot of young blokes. Totally, totally. The whole identity crisis and Big time. working out who you are and what you, what you want to do and where you want to be. Yeah. Exactly. And, it's, and it's like I'm just trying to put myself, you know, in your shoes, you know, when we first 
conceptualise like trademark and what we were going to be doing. And, you know, you go around, you tell a few mates and, you know, the head cocks back. You're like, what? You must be joking. Like, we, we did you feel like vulnerability when you were telling people what you were up to now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Building building this mentoring platform, Wonder, it was um, absolutely. When I first started telling people like 18 months ago, um, it was really awkward and I felt, yeah, really uh, uncomfortable, you know, like, oh, oh you're what? You're, you've got an online mentoring pro- platform? Yeah, okay, cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, another app, is it? Yeah, yeah, another, oh, yeah, another yeah, bloke cool. starting an app. Yeah, yeah cool, yeah. good one, you know, good luck. I think there's, you know, Batuta articles written about it, you know. so <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty bang on the money. Yeah, oh, oh, spot on, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. Well, well, I don't know who those guys have been speaking to, but anyway. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was definitely yeah, you know, talking, and especially you know, obviously coming from the bush or the land. Uh, all, most of my mates are from the bush, who are they're all you know, absolute champions. But it's such a a different contrast, um, agriculture and starting a tech company in Sydney. Well, anything out of the norm, I think that's what you know. Um, yeah, like it was the same thing for us. You know, it was like two chippies um, starting a bloody workwear company that was trying to change the face of mental health in Australia. And the looks, you know, and like it's it's funny. It's like um, you'd think more people would be, yeah, get in and have a crack. But I think people have a um, an idea of, oh, this bloke might fail here and all this, this oh, shit, will this work, you know, and everyone's a bit on eggshells. But I think like um, we don't um, celebrate like entrepreneurship enough um, in other people when people have ideas and, and support, I think. Would you oh, say totally. That? Oh, 100%. You know, like – all the books and all the quotes are right. Like, you know, the talk, you know, um, don't be scared of failure, you know, keep trying, uh, keep, keep failing, fail yourself to success, mm-hmm. you know, persistence, perseverance, press on. It, it's all, it's all true. Yeah. You know, I, I believe. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, uh, that creating that culture where people are comfortable in having a go at something and branching out and trying something new and, and failing a few times is definitely something that needs to be, um, nurtured. And, and you can see in, in pockets around the world where that's evident, you know, obviously Silicon Valley has a high risk profile there. They're just getting in there and having a go and same in Israel and Tel Aviv and, you know, it's all, that's where all the great things are happening. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's no reason why we can't have that more in Australia, in, in anywhere, uh, whether it's Mudderborough or, or Sydney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, um, yeah, a lot, a lot to be said for uh, – the reasons why you're getting into what you're getting into, you know, and what the, the driving factors behind it, you know, I think anyone sort of just getting into what they think is a great idea because of immediate financial gain is probably going to fall over pretty quickly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I think um, there's, there's so many ways you could look at it and I'm no coach and, and I don't have the silver bullet, but, um, but you believe in it. I, I honestly believe that, yeah, you, you, it is important. I've found, I've had a go at a few little things beforehand um, and my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. I, I think it is real when you hear, you know, you, you need to find your, your purpose or your mission and, and, and something that you can really stand behind passionately and that you've got your heart heart behind um, because that's what's going to pull you through. And, yeah, I, there's nothing I've I've been – this is the first thing, building this mentoring app, um, Wonder, is the first thing I've ever been so um, obsessed with. And, you know, I just – I love getting out of bed every morning and, and building it. You know, that's awesome. Just creating it. So tell us about Wonder, the app, exactly, its functionality, how it works, what you know, what you hope to achieve out of it. Yeah, so basically um, Wonder is, an, uh, is a mentoring platform 
that connects you with a mentor within your alumni. So um, at the moment, we're just focusing on schools. So uh, enabling sh- uh, graduates that have just left school um, to to tap into their alumni network, their old boys or old girls, and be able to quickly uh, find a mentor in any industry, in any location. So I can go in, um, log into my school network, create a profile very similar to LinkedIn, and then I can, in the search um, bar up the top, I can search for any industry or location. So I can look for every bloke that went to my school, Churchy, who works in finance in London or um, architecture in New York, and that'll populate um, with every guy uh, who's, who's, who's in that category. And then I can reach out to them and either send them a message or, or book them in for a call. That's awesome. That's bloody what, fantastic. What would you say to anyone out there listening that has, you know, gone through grief like yourself that, um, you know, might be struggling to, you know, know what to do next or who to reach out to or what would you, what would you say? Yeah, good question. And, you know, like I said before, I'm no, I'm no Oracle or anything. So it's my, it's my perspective, but I believe um, what's helped me a hell of a lot and I've generally enjoyed it anyway, but I think communication's really, really important. I think um, whatever it is, we need as humans, we need to talk to other humans. And it doesn't matter what that is. It can be about footy or, or anything. Ultimately, you want to get to the real stuff and you want to start talking about your feelings and your emotions and, and your thoughts. But just to start with, I really encourage regular and um, – constant, consistent communication. So calling people, calling your mates, calling your family, catching up with them. You, you, you can't run on your own. You can't be a lone, lone eagle or a lone wolf and cruise around. You, you, just, you just get stuck in your own thoughts in your head. I think it's really vital to to be talking, Yeah, you know, on the blower, uh, talking on WhatsApp, Messenger, you know, ring people, ring mates. We've never been more connected. But um, a lot of people are, you know, probably feeling quite isolated as well. You know, totally, totally. If you're um, if you're not um, don't have a good core group of friends or support, you can yeah definitely feel isolated um, or 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 yeah alone for sure. So yeah, it's um. I mean, obviously, like I said, getting into the raw stuff is is the best because that's where you know you can start dealing with stuff for sure. Yeah. So um, just like going big. Back to school a bit more. Like, do you, do you wish you could have, um, yeah, reached out and spoken to someone professionally back then, or would you have rather done it earlier in your um, when you left school? Or was it something that you wish you had done? Or yeah, I guess um, yeah. You, you, hindsight's an interesting thing, isn't it? You can or you, you can always improve in the past uh, for sure. You know, it would have been great to be speaking to more people at school, getting some more professional help, um, talking about it more, sharing it with my mates, uh, getting it off my chest, all that stuff. Um. Yeah, I, I, don't, I. It's never too early to deal with stuff and and talk to people and get the right coaching and and yeah. So that's why I'm really driven now and and committed to providing that support network and mentorings because I think you can never you can't do it too early. Yeah, man, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And I think that's where you can really instill some great uh, fundamental tools. To, so to help you manage and deal with stuff later on in life. You know, school, that's what school's for, right? It's it's the classroom where you gain uh, life skills. And I think obviously, you know, it's a big topic, but uh, yeah, you know, our education system, um, you know, it's there's a lot of room for improvement. You know, I think we're due for a bit of disruption in education and, uh, you know, providing more, more, more um, 
classes and 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 learnings on on life skills. Yeah. Big time, you know. You spend so much time in that classroom, but you hardly touch uh, life skills. It's crazy. It's, it? I think it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the syllabus hasn't changed for like hundreds of years, and it's yeah. I think it's it's time. I was talking to my girlfriend about uh, she's doing her placement at the moment at a primary school, and um, you know, Naplan it's Naplan time at the moment, and they do it in year three, and she's working with the grade two class, and they've got a whole lot of students in there whose parents are driving them to do the Naplan a year in advance just to prepare them for next year, and it's like they really bloody drive it into them, you know. Um, but there's yep. not all that much on the you whole know, emotional intelligence kind of thing, is there? No, not at all. What uh, grade are those kids in? Grade so? two. Grade two. Yeah. <laughs> Put them yeah. a, a year a year ahead to uh, try and get that Naplan nailed. <laughs> Yeah. But what is it in the grand scheme of things? Exactly what right. What is it? Whole thing. Yeah. I've never I've never applied for a job and someone's asked me what Napland score was. What, what are you even getting tested on at that age? Oh, yeah. No, I honestly think it's really, to personally, I think the education system, it's it's the biggest elephant in the room. And I, I, just, um, I just can't believe we haven't transformed it um, in 2019. And, you know, that's, I'm, I'm trying to, Create some, create some change now, you know. So uh, let's hope we can, we can um, crank it up. Mate, Absolutely, mate. So you've just, um, you've just launched Wonder. Yep, yep. Launched a, a few weeks ago. That's awesome. That yep. must have been a great feeling. Yeah, it was great. You know, I've been building it for a long time. Yeah. Um, put a lot of work into it. Invested a lot of money into it. And now you're out there as well. It is out there. It's a real thing. It is. It is yeah. a real thing. Exactly. It's come to life. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a big school in Sydney that have, um, have signed up um, first cab off the rank, which is great. Um, so we're getting going with them and, and hoping to get a few more on really soon. It's awesome, mate. Awesome, mate. Awesome. Now, have you found the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, <laughs> entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, unreal. I love it. I think it's it's exciting. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. It, um, it provides a, a great healthy amount of challenge and and you learn so much, you know. I've, I've learned more in the last 18 months than I have in my whole life. And, um, yeah, it's got every component to it, you know, business, life skills, communication, um, EQ, IQ, um, you know, tenacity, a uh, bit of bit of just raw grit. Yeah, and, sink or uh, swim. Yep, yeah, sink or swim, mateship. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. exciting. And, you know, it's all just beginning in Australia. I think it's a really exciting time to be getting going and, and it's exciting to be. I'm based in Sydney, and and uh, I've basically been building it out of my bedroom in Paddington. Now I live in North Bondi. Some offices in North Bondi, and um, you know, I couldn't. Long way from Mudabara. Long way from Mudabara. Absolutely. So, so yeah. what, what would you say, um, Rue, to someone out there that might be feeling a bit lost, not knowing their place, what, what you know, um, where they fit in, what to be doing? What would you What would you say to that person? Yeah. Well. Um, Obviously, uh, uh, jump on wonder and find a mentor. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, um, like I said before, I think there's nothing wrong with with exploring and having a bit of a look around and having a go at a few different little things. And don't rush it. Don't rush it, no. I think some of the best stuff I've done is just gone and done a bit of labouring or worked here and there. I've done a bit of piece work and tried a bit of a few different industries. That's that's awesome. And I wouldn't, wouldn't feel bad about that or embarrassed um, whether you call it a gap year or whatever, I think if you're just working in different jobs and, and meeting some different people and you're not rushing into making some big life or career decisions, then that's that's fine. And yeah. You shouldn't feel pressured by 
by society or other people that you should be doing something mainstream. And you're just afraid to do what you want to do. You just can't yeah. beat life experience, can you? Like it's, no, exactly. No matter what it is that you're doing, yeah, experience, totally. it's all just, yeah. And, and sometimes it just takes a while to work out what you want to do, you know. It just takes time. I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> you better know what you want to do tomorrow. Come here for work. No, it's great. And um, Ru, really appreciate you coming in today. Um, it was a really great chat. I'm sure our listeners would have got a lot out of it. And um, yeah, really appreciate Congratulations it. Congratulations with the uh, with the app as well, mate. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I think it's really cool to see someone you know who's so passionate about something just doing what their passion is. You know, it's awesome. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, no, it's great. I'm really excited. And um, yeah, congratulations to you boys for what you're doing. I think it's unreal and, and you're definitely an inspiration for me. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the, the journey ahead. Thanks, mate. Is there anywhere uh, people can go that want to check out more about Wonder? Um, probably, yeah, just the um, the website or um, or just have a look at us on um, on social media, Facebook and Instagram. What's that website? That's www.wonder.com.au. W-A-N-D-E-R, is it? W-U. Yeah, wonder. Yep. Awesome. So, yeah, jump on and have a look. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Thanks, Thanks so much for coming in. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. Cheers.